and welcome to episode 128 of the Outsource Centre Film Podcast, straight to business, straight to business with And Then We Danced, which was Swedish Film of the Year, as voted for at the Guldbagger Awards back in January. Therefore, Ben, that was a thing that actually happened. Mm, no, I don't. I don't believe you're right. I think I don't think anything <laughs> happened for the last two years. I think uh, that's probably very, very true. So, in some sort of sort of ulterior universe, then yes, yeah. Yeah. Uh, this the Goldberger Awards awarded this film, Swedish Film of the Year, and it mm. follows Marab. Uh, he wants to dance in the Georgian National Ensemble after they have a spot that needs filling. However, he isn't the only one that is gunning for the position in the Georgian National Ensemble, including. He's up against a brand new member who he becomes quite close with. Quite close. Um, it's a coming of age thing, basically. He's a very early teenager, so Marab is kind of exploring his own sexuality, finding his place in the world, you know, following his dreams and everything, whether they're achievable or not. And yes, uh, I, what we should say about this film is that he actually got a 15 minute standing ovation at Cannes Film Festival 2019. Um, which again was a thing that actually happened I think I'm not sure about that I'm not sure about that especially Uh, but anyway me personally I heard a made up story about protests at some of this uh, film screenings as well oh yes yes of Mm. course Uh, including in Georgia where the film was actually filmed Mm. uh, as well but uh, yeah me personally I wouldn't quite have joined him in a sand innovation because I have this nagging suspicion that I have seen a film like this many many times before Ben Oh yeah, um, including Girl, which we'll talk about yeah. in a little bit, uh, which made it to the film of the year list last year. So it's not the most original thing I've ever seen, but for me, it's actually a really, really good film. It's actually a quality product, all, all told. Mm. Um, but before I get into why, um, and off air, we had an extremely brief comment about this, so we'll get into it now. Um, it's worth noting that, as I said, it is Swedish film of the year, but. <laughs> The film is set in Tbilisi, in Georgia. The cast are all Georgian actors. The director is Swedish, but uh, is obviously, you know, got Georgian Georgian heritage. Um, it is, however, funded by the Swedes. Um, but for me, without a doubt, Ben, you know, this is ostensibly a Georgian film. Yes. <laughs> yes. No, I mean, arguments about it. no arguments about it. But at the very least, at the very least, this should be a co-Swedish Georgian film. Yes, it comes up as something like co-Swedish and co-French like or something. Yeah, yeah. Georgian's yeah, like third on the list. And you think, <clears throat> I, I mean, whether we want to have a brief discussion on that, I don't know. But it is interesting, <laughs> the, whole notion, the whole notion of identity. Sorry, I read that the, the makers of this film contacted the Georgian National Ballet and asked them for help on it. And not only did the Georgian National Ballet say no once they, once they found out what the film was about, but they then went around to every other dance school in Georgia telling them not to work with the producers. So, um, mm. I said, okay, so essentially then, uh, that it, it, without Sweden, this film would not have happened. No, no. So, yeah, the, the, Georgia was not on board with this film at any point. But I mean, <laughs> that's, uh... also they had to have um, uh, armed guards while filming as well, yeah. uh, because they received death threats because of the content of the film as well. It, yeah. just, it sounds like a party all round. It certainly does, uh, and actually that makes me that makes me like the film a little bit more actually. Mm. Um, having to put up with all that crap while you just want to make a movie. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it, it, that also fits in with the fact with the notion of identity, mm. because outside of the movie, obviously this film has a major 
identity crisis, just like Mirab himself in the film uh, is wrestling constantly in, in this movie as well with his own identity. So I thought that was a interesting um, amuse-bouche, really. But anyway, the film, for me, Mirab is outstanding. Mm. It's played by Levin Galbakiani. Yep. Uh, he won the Goldbagger as well for Best Actor. So yeah. he won Swedish Actor of the Year, essentially, and uh, in Swedish Film of the Year. And why not, to be fair? He is extremely gauging. Um, and thanks to the, the direction of Levin Akin, the director, uh, it's actually a really nuanced performance as well. Yeah. Uh, for example, there's lots of little things that you get to know about Murab without it actually being shoved in your face, which when one person is carrying a whole movie actually doesn't happen all that much in cinema. Like, for example, Murab is a teenager and we see him eating a lot, uh, which fits with the age of the character, obviously. Mm. And the fact that he's training all the time, so he needs the calories. Yeah. Uh, but the film actually doesn't really make much of a massive deal about that. Right. Uh, you just notice that throughout the film, he's eating a lot. <laughs> Constant. And a divine window into what people in Georgia eat a lot as well. Yeah, absolutely. And that's some other good stuff about this film, because it kind of just brings a real sense of normality to not only him, but to also Georgian life. Uh, despite what you've just said about what filming this thing was actually like. <laughs> um, I mean, yeah, uh, his own performance was excellent. His own character was excellent. Uh, and I loved, for example, if you're looking at a film that making us think, well, surely this is more of a Georgian film than anything else, then that's because there's lots of moments where we get to learn about Georgia. Yeah. There's lots of scenes in Tbilisi, inside, outside. I mean, the wedding scene. I yeah. adored the wedding scene. It was Wonderful. It just it just encapsulated Georgian tradition in a sequence that lasted probably no more than about two minutes mm -hmm. um, where there was some dancing, there was some food, of course, and then there was fighting between some, some rather butch-looking Georgian people. Yeah, quite um, a lot. <laughs> yeah. And it's kind of like, yeah, this is great. This is, again, teaching me about a country that I didn't necessarily know much about via the film, which, again, is vitally important for me, as I've said in previous film reviews. Um, and then the, the way that to kind of deal with that party scene there's no dialogue at all, apart from a little bit of argumentative stuff in the background. It just kind of dances through, floats between people like a proper party goer would do. Yeah. Um, and then it kind of starts filming Murab from the window on the highest floor. Gorgeous timing. So, gorgeous timing. Uh, and it, stuff like that. Really, really superb from a director that really hasn't done that much at all. Yeah. Um, and that goes, for the that goes for the cast as well, including Levan uh, Galbakiani, who's making his acting debut here. So, yeah. again, lots to enjoy about this film. Um, and for me, actually, Ben, as we come over to you, mm -hmm. um, I wasn't enamoured with Girl. It was your pick for the film of the year list, and it went on yeah. the list, therefore. Yeah. Um, for me, even though this treads a more familiar line than Girl did, yeah. uh, for many, many different ways, um, I actually preferred this to Girl. Mm. That makes sense. I think that this is a better made film. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> the... the, the so yeah, this is an interesting film because everything about it is kind of stereotypical and cliche yeah. on one hand. You know where the film is going every step of the way. N absolutely nothing is a surprise as this film goes on. And yet um, no one um, hits a bum note at any point. The cast are astonishing. Um, the technical capabilities of the film, even though they're not, they're not, in your face and astonishing um just nothing misses a beat at all everyone is on point everything is great um even like the old ladies in this film i love <laughs> this is an amazing film for older women they're they're fantastic um 
everyone is great in this film. The sound design is really good. It's beguilingly good. Um, there's a scene where Maghreb um, Mirab has to to do a dance for the head of the school, and the head of the school comes over to him and talks. And all of a sudden, this has happened at no other point in the film. The the voices are resonating and echoing and close, and <clears throat> it's just a very very well made film about. Um, a dancer trying to move up and also coming to terms with who he is as well, which is absolutely no surprise to the audience. It seems to be a surprise to him and everyone around him. Um, but it, it's just a, it's a really, really well-made film. And yeah, the shop, little old lady sitting down watching TV. No, it's a shop. Hello. Um, <laughs> just, just fantastic. I really love this. And everyone in this film is really good from, from the, um, the kind of brutish, older brother of Mirab um, is his name David you know who you think is going to be I don't know just thuggish and tedious and a by the numbers performance ends up becoming really nuanced and very touching towards the end um, I, I, I really don't have anything negative to say about this film at all um, I was blown away and also learned a lot about Georgian dance I, I was a little worried that my lack of knowledge of Georgian dance would mean that I wouldn't be able to appreciate the dance scenes but that wasn't the case at all. They were they were fantastic. Um, also, fun trivia note, um, Levangel Bacchiani, the lead guy, um, they couldn't get a lead actor for this film because Georgia just shut down and would not um, respond to the filmmaker's ads at all. So they found him on Instagram, and that, that's how they got him. Um, they saw some videos of him dancing and just walking around, and I think the director just kind of thought, yes, that is the guy. Um, I mean, it, 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 it's kind of, again, another thing to make you like the film even more. Um, I mean, really, it, it's unlucky in the sense that it's not my film of the week. There's another one that comes later on. That's, oh, oh, this is my film of the week. It's your I, film I, of the week. Uh, it's not mine. Um, but, I mean, the thing, is about, the thing about this film is I feel that nitpicking uh, is mm-hmm. the only way where you can actually, if you wanted to, you can find things. If you really, mm-hmm. really looked hard, you can find things. Yeah. But actually... You just don't feel compelled to. I mean, the only the only little thing that I didn't really like was you mentioned the brother. Mm -hmm. There was like a heart to heart, really. Um, I don't think that added a lot, and it it just took it towards. I mean, there is an element of sentimentality throughout this film, Uh, more so in the film we'll be talking about next. So again, I'm not I'm not going to criticize this film for that when there's plenty of that to come. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but um there's a little bit and it and it's a, and that but it does end well there's a little speech that does end yeah. well with an embrace in bed together the two brothers and it's nice uh, so yeah. it does it does even then if, if that was if that's going to be my strongest criticism of the film yeah. a, a very short sequence where there's a heart to heart that goes a little bit towards sentimentality yeah. then you know what can i say really then fine live with it get over it it's like less than two minutes as i say and uh, it ends well so even then yeah. There's really not that much else bad. In fact, there's hardly anything, if nothing at all, I can actually say else. It's uh... For me personally, I, I needed his relationships with certain people to get fixed as the film went on. So, yeah, yeah. Without, without too many spoilers, um, as he goes on his journey of discovering who he is, he upsets people who are important to him. And to the, there are two, two people in particular. One is his, Dave, his brother, David, and the other is his dance partner, Mary. And I really needed those two relationships to kind of get sewn back together again. 
Um, and I, I was just, I was overjoyed <laughs> when he has these heart to hearts with Mary and David. And yes, they're sentimental and yes, they're kind of cliched and they're the kind of scene, you know, if again, transplant this film to Britain and make this film a British film and oh, I couldn't care less. Um, but somehow I needed those relationships to, to come back together again. I've, I felt much better <laughs> at the end of the film because he has these lovely, cliched, sentimental heart to hearts with his brother and his dance partner. Um, it, just, it left me feeling good about life. <laughs> I need yeah. more of that. Yeah. No, 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 <laughs> but, but there's the thing. Again, it's all stuff that we've seen before and you've made oh, that okay. point and it's very, very true. We've seen this this kind of thing throughout it's all the way through the film yeah. i've seen that before i've seen this before nothing yeah. original about it necessarily no but again not it doesn't matter when it's a quality product when you see yeah. this film done by other people and you've seen it all before and the performances aren't as good there's no you don't learn anything about the country and there's literally nothing on offer apart from what you've seen before then it becomes a problem it just goes to show that originality is fantastic, but it's actually really difficult to, to obtain these days because yeah. everything's been done a million times before. So therefore, yeah. when you are doing something, if you do everything well, then that's probably well, that's very clearly the next best thing you can actually do. Um, yes. And this, this is better than a lot of dancing films. It's a better than a lot of, than a lot of LGBT films. It's a better than a lot of Georgian films itself. It's better than a lot of Swedish films itself. It's better than a lot of French films itself. So it's, a, <laughs> um, I mean, yeah, recommend yeah, it. Absolutely. And it, and it would have been my film of the week in a lot of other weeks, um, but not quite. Uh, out Stealing Horses, Ben. Now, you're, you're going to oh. lead, lead the way on this. I'll just, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll just introduce that it's an Amanda, yeah. Amanda Award winner for Norwegian Film of the Year 2019. Uh, and yeah. it's not. It, it was the Norwegian Foreign Language Oscar nomination for this year. So, yes. uh, and because you are so uniquely placed, Ben, because you've not only read the novel, you've read the yeah. novel in its original language. I read it in Norwegian because I'm a punk. Indeed. Yeah. So, only therefore, yeah. What have we got here? So, <clears throat> out stealing horses, or utostjale hester, as it's known in Norwegian yeah. by Petersen. It's um, it's a film based on a novel about an old man who lives in a cabin with his dog who meets someone from his past. And then this meeting is the beginning of his kind of like ambling through his memories of how this this person um, was linked to him when he was younger. So as a, as a young person, um, there was a tragedy with a, a nearby family while he was visiting his father. And this tragedy gets kind of illustrated to you in the film in flashbacks with a, a different actor. And then you get your contemporary scenes with um, the lovely Stellan Skarsgård. And a, what I thought was a surprisingly good performance from a guy called Björn Fluberg, who is, um, he was in a, a Norwegian TV show that I used to love called Vagveum. Um, and this is, as you said, Norway's <clears throat> pick for the Oscars. And it's got that running through it like a stick of rock. It feels like a kind of worthy, important <laughs> Oscar movie. Yeah. Um, something I quite liked about it was it's based on a novel and it doesn't have a huge amount of dialogue. And that was that was really refreshing for me because the problem with adapting a book is that you loved that book and you want to put everything from that book into the movie. So you do. And it ends up being a bit bitty and not really having any kind of movie cohesiveness, film cohesiveness. Films don't work in the same way as books. So it was nice that they removed a lot of the dialogue 
Um, also, also, although I read it in Norwegian, I only really understood about 30 to 40 percent of stuff. My Norwegian, <laughs> not not that amazing. So I got the bare bones of what was happening, but not any of the kind of nuance or feeling to it. And this film gives you that in spades. It gives you the kind of the basic scenes of the book um, without really going into much nuance at all um there's there's too much stuff being crammed in here um there's a very interesting idea um which is kind of mentioned in the film and then dropped off this is a quality production um it's got yep. glorious lighting uh wonderful camera movements it's got everything that and then we danced didn't have um and it it takes it absolutely no further than and then we danced at all um this film is fine um, it is uh, entertaining. Um, everyone is wearing very nice clothes. Um, I didn't really get much from this. It feels like a kind of middle of the road quality production. Um, it may, is that because it's tied up in nostalgia as well? Mm -hmm. Nostalgia, which is connected to the war, which is you know it's a big thing for Norway. Um, I don't know. I'm not sure why this this film was just kind of like meh for me. It it looked great and it's got famous people in it and it's got the big movie feel, but just meh. I think one of my big meh moments was um, there's a scene where the 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 young Stone Skarsgård as a boy. The the boy is horrific. I'm just going to get that out of the way <laughs> as well. The boy is awful. Please stop casting awful child actors in your movies. Um, they're, they're moving some logs from Norway to Sweden. So they chop all these trees down, pile all the logs up, and then get all the logs into the river and then send them on the way to Sweden. <clears throat> so you've got this big set piece where all the logs are piled up and they're pulling them out and then all the logs go down in the river. C CGI, Theo. It's CGI. Yeah. <laughs> it's a CGI log slide. Um, don't, I, I know that not everyone can be Fitzcarraldo and do all these things, but it's some logs for if crying out. If you can't find logs in Norway, there's a real problem. For crying out loud. <laughs> just put some logs next to a river and kick them in. I don't know. And then and then map them and make them into a hundred logs or something. <laughs> yeah. They can see you. And there's another scene where all the logs got jammed into a big thing. And so the boy had to swim around and uh, and all life-threatening and get a rope tied on. And, and now we're going to pull this huge log jam apart. Oh, it all happens off camera. And it kind of felt like that was the kind of thing you might want to see. But all right, fine. <laughs> do it off camera. Um, yeah, I did, did, this film was meh. This was uh, a kind of Sunday afternoon um, uh, prestige quality drama. It, it, that's not my thing at all. No. Um, uh, the uh, lack of dialogue, I did like. Some of the performances are great. It's always nice seeing Stellan Skarsgård. Oh, he's, of course. He's always lovely, but he's kind of sleepwalking through this. He doesn't really have to do anything. I mean, um, to be, let, let's be fair. He, he he often does play characters that sleepwalk. Uh, he, yeah. he, he doesn't crack a smile. He's always mm -hmm. kind of staring at, at a pot of something. Like it, it, it's Stellan Skarsgård's kind of raison d'etre. Absolutely. So he's, he's, only doing, he's only doing what he's done before, except this time the material just isn't as good. So No. And every now and then the film gets close to being interesting. There, mm. there are, it's, there's, there's his insight with his neighbour Lars, um, who is tied to his past. There's one point where he realises, oh, Lars grew up with my father, um, who I never really got to know. Oh, I should speak to him about this. <sighs> anyway, let's drop that <laughs> subplot and let's move on. And, and then Stellan's daughter turns up and you're like, oh, God, I'm, I'm, I'm about to feel some things here. And then and then she drives away. Cool. 
Um, so every every time the film gets close to being interesting, it it disappears. Way too many flashbacks with the kid. Yeah. Yeah. The kid is awful. Um, awful. Uh, I, I, I presume he was cast because, I don't know, he looks like Stellan Skarsgård maybe or, or something. But yeah, just terrible. <laughs> um, so yeah, this film is a big four out of ten for me. Theo, yeah. how about yes, you? That's about that's probably about fair. I mean, the thing is, as I've said before, I look forward to big budget Norwegian films more than any of the big budget films from Scandinavia. Mm-hmm. Um, I've said that before and I'll say it many times. I like I sorry, I prefer I mean I've obviously rather not them do any of them, but if they are, for me, I've consistently enjoyed the Norwegian bigger budget ones than Danish, Swedish, Finnish. And mm. Iceland never uses a big budget, so there you go. <laughs> um like I, if I think back to something like Contiki or The King's well, Choice. This are in Contiki as well, yeah. which is upsetting. Yeah, but mm. still watchable, reasonably enjoyable. Um, this, however, is not. It's a sentimental claptrap, really. Yeah. Uh, and and, it, and if, if this was American, we would be even harsher on it. It's just, oh, God, yeah. it, it's just it, I couldn't tolerate this movie. And the no. main reason is, and this is why, obviously, it was your suggestion and you did it because you read the novel. And also, it, you know, it does fit the criteria of the podcast, which is yeah, absolutely yeah. perfect. Um, but kind of like, why, really? Why yeah. is the lead character in this movie looking back so much? Because yeah. when when he looks back at everything, he then reminisces about people who then themselves, in the same reminiscing moment, they themselves look back as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it, it's, a con- it's a constant looking back and then somebody else looks back at the same time. And yeah. it's just full of people looking back at stuff. And it's just, you know, where's the humour? Where's yeah. the light? Where, where, you know, if... In um in uh, the Hills Have Eyes Part Two, there's a, a <laughs> discussed. I know that that classic. There's a widely discussed moment where someone has a flashback, and this uh, flashback is seen by a dog, and then the film then segues into the dog's flashback. Dog's fla- yeah, yeah. The dog saw as well, and yeah, the, this this film is full of those moments. Dog flashbacks. I mean, um, one person looking back is sentimental claptrap if you do it too much. To have multiple people doing it at multiple times is just like, oh, please, spare me. I mean, yeah. you know... It, and where, the, did it, where did he go with any of it? No. What's the point? I mean, I mean that's, that's why... I mean, you read the novel, so what's the novel actually about? The, the, the novel is this. Um, <laughs> it, is, it is this. No, don't get me wrong. It's not a, like a whole different story, but... There just seems to be this. It, see, it feels more relevant to the now about why he's going through these memories. So, so he's he's got this neighbor Lars, who it turns out he knew Lars when he was a kid, but not really. Actually, he knew Lars's brother John um, more. So, but it so it, it brings it back to the now and their relationships and um, Trond uh, Stenskarsgård's life a bit more. But this mm. one just it stays in the past. There are no revelations. Nothing it, is revealed. Exactly this, why I'm asking why because it just I mean yeah you go back to the war if you want but why? Um, yeah. It, 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 I'm almost expecting uh, Stenskarsgård's character to actually have like a terminal illness or something. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's literally like just reminiscing about his life. In which case, I wouldn't enjoy the film still. But okay, I understand why. With that, mm. with, that with with that being absent as a case, I have no idea. I mean, mm. everything. Thing is, as well, if you're going to do this, then you need to gut wrench me. You know, 
not be a bit nice and a bit miserable. Either go full nice or full miserable. Don't do yeah. a little bit of both. Like the Nazis are a bit nice in this movie. <laughs> you know, <laughs> someone, someone breaking their leg is a bit nice, really. It's all yeah. just a bit quaint. And I just can't fathom it, really. Yeah, it's, tooth- it's toothless is what this film yeah. is. It's a toothless meandering through the past, oh. uh, through a very troubled past as well. Right, um, all this stuff that happens, and, and, and they want to present this as a traumatic childhood and stuff. And in some ways yeah. it is, in some ways it actually isn't. It's just kind yeah. of, you know, a normal childhood that has a little few things happening. I mean, the, mo- the most interesting um, little bit for me was, mm. what, was when one of the characters did like a little, had a little psychotic moment where a bird's nest was crushed in his hand or something. Yeah, that, yeah, that was really unpleasant. That was really uh, unpleasant. And actually I thought, okay... I like this and I want more of this because that will yeah, be there for That's all you get, buddy. No that's more you for get. you. Everything yeah. else is just a little bit flowery, really. Um, it's very just... flowery and it, it just doesn't go. It, it, it proffers possibilities and then doesn't pursue them at all. It's, it's, it's the classic thing if I want to get absolutely everything in this book into this movie. And by doing so, everything is glib and short. And nothing gets really looked at in detail and none of it coalesces into a whole. Um, you've seen this a million times with other book adaptations. Perpetual would be proud as well. Well, I mean, tell you what, let's do better next time. Shall we yeah. do the Amanda yeah. Award winner for 2020? Oh, yeah. We'll do that next time. Uh, thanks to the lovely people whose name escapes me from Germany. They've sent me a screener for that film, and we will do that next time we oh. meet in August. So surely things are looking up. Uh, having said that, me and Paul are still looking for a decent finished film this year. <laughs> it's our third and final <laughs> attempt next time out. So uh, who knows? Maybe Norway's had a bad year as well. I would sincerely hope not. Uh, but speaking of adapting from novels and Your Bird Can Sing, which is my film of the week, uh, I'm going back to the Japanese film touring program for the third time this year and mm-hmm. possibly the last time with And Your Bird Can Sing, as I say, Kimi no Toriwa Utairu. Uh, it's beautiful. actually, yep. Yeah. <laughs> uh, don't even try and learn the language. It's just a waste of life, really. <laughs> but it's nice to read uh, when it's actually written in our alphabet. Anyway, um, it's actually a very, very simple story. Uh, it's, mm. like, it's basically a love triangle between two male friends. One of them hasn't got a name in the movie, deliberately. Uh, and Sachiko, who is the interest of them both. She's the femme fatale. Uh, in truth, Ben, not a lot happens in this film. And I absolutely fucking loved it. <laughs> uh, for me for me this is an exceptional movie um it's pushing one and three quarter hours and uh you've mentioned this already on the episode mm. you think this applied to and then we danced for me mm-hmm. not a single word is wasted in this film there's not in- a lot of there's not a lot of dialogue and what dialogue mm. there is for me it isn't wasted i was hanging off every single word that all three characters were saying, and there are only ever three characters. I mean, well, no, there's a, there's, I think there's one of the managers of a bookstore. He, he's a character, and a, so there's, there's probably about five or six characters in this entire movie, literally. Uh, that it then just focuses on the triangle. Um, but as I say, for me, every character, what they say to each other is just perfect. The, every single word carries weight, or is the correct emotion, depending on what the context is, and uh, everyone performs their lines extremely well. And that, yeah, you know, that would be enough, really, for 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 some for some people, for me certainly. But actually, how director show show 
Miyoke? What uh, yeah. Show Miyake. Show Miyake, that's it. What Show Miyake is able to make a film like this with so little going on in it and to make it so utterly <laughs> endearing for me is quite remarkable, really. I mean, he does that by, as I say, focusing on the three main characters. But very interestingly for me, for Japanese film, and I still get surprised by Japanese cinema constantly. You think you've seen everything and then something else comes along. Um, there are no wider issues in this film. None whatsoever. No. Nearly every other Japanese film that we've ever done on the podcast, even ones we haven't enjoyed, ones that have made it to film of the year list, and there have been several, they've all had something bigger going on. Not here. Uh, there is you know, either a class thing or a gender thing or a tradition versus modernization thing or you know, even an army disarmament thing, like military thing. Maybe, it's absolutely... maybe, there's, maybe there's a work ethic thing in maybe, this. Maybe, but the, it, I, it, I it doesn't feel like that to me. It just feels like the characters are just particularly, you know, interesting. It's them that are adding things, not the actual environment adding to them. Okay. Um, it's, I don't know. For me, I didn't feel there was anything else going on in this film other than the three characters. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, it's basically, you're following the triangle, they're living their lives with each other, they're going to clubs, they're drinking, they're playing pool, going to a karaoke bar. All the stuff that young people should be doing in Japan is pretty much the only stuff that happens in this movie. Um, and they've all got one big agenda is the key point. Each member has got an agenda going on and, and they reveal themselves very, very slowly throughout the film, which is, as I say, pushing towards two hours. Uh, and actually, it's films like this, Paul, that for me, remind me, not that I ever do need re reminding of, that the Japanese are actually masters of their craft, but more so, actually, which I think, again, fits in remarkably well to Outstealing Horses. I'm mm. not sure anybody quite adapts novels better than Japanese film directors. I'll go along with that, yeah. Because yeah, I can yeah. imagine this book being completely and utterly average. <laughs> and maybe you, maybe you think the film is completely and utterly average, because in, in that sense, there's, again... There's, it's, it's a plain film. There's not a lot going on in the movie. As I say, there's no bigger thing here. But I, I, I can just tell, I can just tell that he absolutely maximised the novel for all of its worth, yet, as I said, retaining some control, some patience, um, not wasting any words, uh, not yeah. having any senseless... I mean, I can't think of a scene that I'd have deleted from this movie. Like, every single scene made sense. Um, so I think you can tell that I'm enamoured with this film, Ben. Uh, so yeah i loved it I, it's my it's easily my favorite japanese film of the year uh if, if i don't get any more on then it probably will make it onto the end of the year list uh but i will obviously try to do more just for the just because i love watching japanese films but yeah massive fan of this one i think you're probably right on the the book adaptation thing it's just much better to adapt um a smaller book into a bigger film yeah. than to adapt a big book into a smaller film it just it doesn't make any sense um so I, I I have a schizophrenic response to this film. Um, on the on the one hand, I'm like it was fine, <laughs> um, and it it did things that were kind of interesting and stuff. But then my but then but then my my flip side response is 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 anger, <laughs> fury, wild burning fury. Um, so so we saw burning a while ago. Yeah, um, and we had a we had a similar kind of like a similar response to burning. I think I've I, I've I've come I've come down on the burning side on this film. I I don't understand <laughs> what's going on, um, 
but but this is good the fact that you enjoyed it this is kind of like giving me an insight into what this film perhaps could be for me for me it wasn't any of these things but um but i can see i can completely see your point i understand where you're coming from um i don't want to sound too neggy but i for for me i i got really angry by this film <laughs> hey listeners that's that's what this show's all about different Indeed. opinions absolutely um yeah, so bear yeah, in mind, this, like, is, this is literally the first time we've disagreed with each other all year, and that's actually, tr- that's actually true. true. Actually yeah, yeah, very true. Yeah, so so my problem with burning was just I, I just I just couldn't see the point. Well, your I, problem, I your, no, actually, I, I, your problem with burning is that you read someone on Twitter and you disagreed with them and you took it out wait, on the wait, film. Wait, <laughs> wait, Twitter thing, I can't remember that, what the that was actually because uh, it, it was about the cat oh, not the existing. Cat. And oh then God. you you you, you oh just God. read this guy saying, "Oh no, but the cat definitely exists. Of course it does." Oh. And then you you got pissed off with that because obviously we all know that the cat doesn't exist. And but you <laughs> took it out on the film. <laughs> well, I didn't enjoy the film either. I, yeah. People on Twitter are, are maddening as well. Yeah. So th- this brought me straight back to burning with this whole point of like um uh not this not the whole point of but. Um, here is a world where minimal information is given. Um, all the dots are not joined up for you. You're only given a little piece at a time. You have to work out what happened in the bits you didn't see. You're free to think your own ideas about what happened in the bits you didn't see. And th- these are all things I should bloody love. And for some reason or other, I'm not loving them. Um, possibly it's a tonal thing. So, the colleague at work didn't work for me. These kind of like comedy work fight moments, um, and and how they. So there's a the our main character. He's kind of a bum. Um, he I doesn't def- really. Work, kind <laughs> most, def- of, most definitely he is. Doesn't uh, really work. Doesn't yeah. give his friend much attention. This is why I think maybe there's a work ethic thing because his friend who is involved in the triangle has a has a very strong work ethic. They used to work together and now they work in different places. And at our lead guy's workplace, there's uh, another employee who hates him. This kind of spirals. So I was thinking, like, is there a work thing going on here that I don't quite understand? But a lot of these scenes are played for for laughs. The 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 jerk at work is a comedy character, like in every scene he's in, even when he um, delivers a brutal beating to our main character. Um, everything is still kind of played for yucks. Maybe that tonal shift just isn't something for me. I, I don't know. Um, but I, yeah, I really, I didn't get on with Anya Birkin saying, I really liked the last 10 minutes, um, but I'd, I'd, I'd already got myself wound up into a rage by that point. And I was like, well, okay, well, the end is fine. But blah, blah. Um, but everything you're saying is also true. So I've, uh, sorry, I'm, I'm, I'm struggling here. I've, I've just, I've had all my ideas aside. speaking of the work um yeah. now uh, forgive my ignorance uh and, and i could well be ignorant on this issue uh, i'm not a book person but uh, do you remember the lettuce and the hot dog thing that we had last year yes i do yes that i do where were the lettuce and the hot dogs in this film <laughs> well where they are for me is the fact that yeah. if you work in a bookshop in japan you wear an apron yeah that was whack now that, whack. that for me isn't quite lettuce hot dog level like I mean, I, it didn't blow no. my mind, but it did make me go. You wear an apron if you work in a bookshop in Japan. Yeah, really? you can give you can gift someone apples as a nice gesture. Um, I mean, yeah, that that one makes more sense because they're a little yeah. bit they're a little bit traditionalist and a bit odd like that. 
Like you and can, the big, you can get... big brute fans as well. But um, it's like, you really wear an apron if you wear an apron? Like that, but again, in, in, even in that sense, I'm, I'm, I'm foeing my surprise because actually the, the Japanese treat their texts like sacred things. Uh, yeah. Even even modern books, they treat like they, they treat books as like something quite special. So yeah, wear an apron so you don't you don't actually touch the book on your on your soul or so, whatever. It's uh, yeah. it, it, it just can't. But interesting. Um, the the title. Yes. Uh, music fans will know it's the Beatles song. Um, and actually, I was kind of therefore thinking, any other Beatles in the movie? There's one other yeah. line in the movie. Uh, it's early on it's early on when the the, the nameless lead character uh, is on a phone call and at the end of it it says let it be mm. <laughs> there's probably a lot of that in the book isn't there so yeah. there's probably yeah so yeah I either probably more in the book or, or of Beatles or not uh, I don't think it has any relevance at all I just think it was yeah. interesting mm. uh, I, I'm, mm. I'm actually and also yet another disagreement we're going to have yeah, I was actually less enamoured with the ending than any other bit of the film. Oh, uh, because there's, 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 two, <laughs> there's two ways they could have gone, uh, yeah. and they've got they went with one way, which they do kind of justify, and 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 it, and they do succeed. So I don't hate the ending, mm. but I think mm-hmm. it would have been much better for the lead character to accept his own faults and get on with his life um, instead of I having. Think, yeah, uh, I mean, but that's the thing about love. I mean, that is mm. the thing about love. It can come back at any time. That's why it works. That's why you get away with it here because uh, yeah. a lot of films would have made this a sentimental ending and stuff and they yeah. very, very, very keeps it. Show me, okay, keeps it well away from that. It, yes. It's, it's deaf and, again, beautiful silence. Like Maybe this is my problem because you've got this main character who he, he's, he's kind of awful and he not only doesn't learn any lessons as the film goes on, but he, he, he never recognizes that any, any bad things that happen to him in his life are connected to how disconnected and how unemotive he is. He, he never gives a crap about anything. He never, he never shows interest in anything. And, and because of that, um, his, his love life spirals, his work life spirals. Uh, he, he has no real friends or anything. And he, he never seems to learn this. Um, until the end and I'm not saying that I want movies where people learn a life lesson because you know some of my favorite movies are about people who don't learn anything um there is no kind of map to this but maybe that's something because as this was going on I was like oh this this is like burning where no one gets stabbed in the end cool um but yeah no you're, you're right this is this is I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to go away and think about myself for a while after no, no you are entitled to have a different opinion <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, there, there, as I say, you might have to watch it. Well, you don't have to watch it again. It's always well, a I might have to watch it again. It's um, coming back. Well, well, but even well, again, you, there is always a choice if you really don't have to, if you don't want to, uh, yeah. it, it, because rewatching all of them again is difficult, uh, yeah, especially if you've already seen them. But maybe, maybe that what might be gonna... too. Yeah. If, if if it's coming back and there's still a long way to go, of course, there's a long way to go. Uh, but I mean. Sachika so herself, as we start to wind this down for an episode, mm-hmm. she's going to divide people um, mm. because essentially she sleeps with at least four people in this movie. Mm. Three, well, definitely three, definitely two, potentially mm. three. And you think, right, how do I feel about this? Now, me mm-hmm. personally, I think it's fantastic and refreshing that they're just mm-hmm. going to have a character like this in there because it's not about women being manipulated. She's manipulating no. the men. 
And that may well be a male perspective and that may well get all the females up in arms. But ladies, it does happen. They are some very manipulative ladies out there on planet Earth. And uh, Tsuchiko is most definitely one of those in this movie. Um, She obviously has a very, very different moral compass to all the other characters. Yeah. Which I like to see. Uh, And I'm glad that a film is actually brave enough to kind of do it. And therefore the novel would have done exactly the same. Uh, Mm. And I don't know how... It doesn't feel that this is a common thing in Japanese cinema to me. Uh, They normally have women as objects of affection, yes, which is what this this film does, but they don't normally have them as closer towards prostitutes than not. Mm. And she isn't a prostitute, but she she veers towards that. Uh, You know, she, she really does go between the characters, like, you know, almost like changing directions. Mm. Like the wind, like the wind does. But again, even that's more nuanced than it perhaps sounds because there were mo- like one of my favourite scenes. Of the entire thing was at the nightclub, um, and there's this DJ that's playing some very, very strange music. <laughs> like it's not quite, it's not quite. Well, it definitely isn't Western kind of DJ mixes no. that gets people dancing. It's kind of, kind of traumatic music. It's like really slow. It's almost like something that David Lynch would put in one of his movies. It's very, very yeah. odd music. And there were just lots and lots of scenes of arms being put around people. Uh, and then some characters disappearing. Then Sachiko S- starts to flirt with the other one. And then mm. when the main character comes back, the arm goes back on him. And it's mm. like, no dialogue is said for about 10 minutes. in this, And you just hear this music in the background. It's just a very, very... Despite it being a plain film, as I say, it does some very, very unusual things. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah. I, I'm ju- I, 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 as I say, as I've made quite clear, I'm personally blown away by it. It could also be a film that lessens the impact the second time round. Um, now that I've seen it, and if I do put it forward again, I will almost be obliged to watch it at the end of the year again. Maybe I won't feel the same because of the experience of the plainness and the experience of every dialogue not being wasted. Well, I know what dialogue's coming. So maybe, you know, maybe it loses a bit there. Maybe you gain a bit having watched it and rethought about it. This film could go either way on that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This sounds like a fun experiment, actually. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. But it's got to get there first. And we've got a lot of episodes to go through, including myself and Ben at the end of August. And of course, myself and Paul in a few weeks. Where uh, we are going to try, as we've said, and we don't normally build with what's coming up next time. Uh, we, we never ever do that. But will it's it so be hard to organise? <laughs> it's hard. It's hard to organise, and yeah. you know, I, I have already obviously given advance warning of this. We are going to do the Finnish language Oscar entry, me and Paul, because we are desperate, desperate to find a decent Finnish film. It's Thank just you. extraordinary. It's like it, it, it was my favourite country, but I've had to reassess that now. Because uh, they've had a bad year, Ben. They really, really have. Uh, I can tell you. It's been a bad year for all of us. <laughs> it has. Me. But it's almost as if, you know, these films weren't put out in 2019 before any of this happened. So, yeah. you know, it's uh, the, the, just take it's that really long. Weird. It, it's really weird watching a film like Annual Bird Can Sing in a in a socially distanced world where, like, every, almost everything that happened throughout the film, you're like, no, don't do that. No, you can't do that. It has. Everyone's it, touching each other. No, it has ruined films in that sense. Yeah, but, uh, yeah. Well, no, of course it hasn't. And, and, therefore, and therefore, it's not, therefore, you should come back and hear us talk about more non-ruined films. So uh, please do that. We'll be speaking to you very shortly. Take care.